Hello, and welcome to Lopes on Movies. My name is Joey Lopes, and today I am joined by Connor. Hello. Uh, hey, Connor. What's up? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I saw some movies. Oh, my God. And I watched the Super Bowl. Did you watch the Super Bowl, Joe? I did watch the Super Bowl, actually. Surprisingly, I watched pretty much the whole thing. I wasn't... Dang. Uh, I, I didn't think you were a big Super Bowl watching guy. Yeah, you know, it was just, I didn't really have anything else to do on uh, on Sunday night. And, you know, I figured it might be fun to just hop in a, in a, you know, internet chat with some of my friends and just talk about the game while it was happening, you know, that, that sort of thing. Did you enjoy it? It was a pretty good game. I, it was a good game up until, like, I don't know, most of the fourth quarter. And it, it felt like the, the two biggest plays of the game also, or at least the two biggest, like, moments of the game were kind of, like, tarnished a little bit by bad officiating. Yeah, that, was, that, that, is, that is what we call the new NFL. Yeah, so that, that kind of put a bad yeah. taste in my mouth. But, you know, otherwise, yeah, I, think, I enjoyed yeah. the game. I think everybody kind of feels that way with the way the league is now. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like it's unnecessary too. Like, there's no reason that they have to throw so many flags. Like, they, a lot of the changes they mm-hmm. made are for the safety, right? And I, de- mm-hmm. I get the safety stuff, but that doesn't mean you have to throw a flag every two seconds for pass interference or not what? or not throw it. You That's know? the thing that was so weird in this game is that they they there was very very few penalties, but one very egregious missed call and then at the end just like a ton of penalties that seemed like for nothing so it was, yeah. it was very like it was bizarre officiating across the board uh, so yeah I, I, it's uh i don't know makes you think that the whole thing is fixed with, uh, with how much <laughs> how much money is on uh, a line but no I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's all in the up and up roger yeah, goodell's well, a is a good is a good guy you know everybody loves him he's he's uh, it doesn't have a lot to do with movies, though. Um, mm. Well, yeah, I will no. say over over the weekend I did watch a, a movie as well, um, and and in addition to that, I, I've actually kind of for a bit of a fun thing for me, I decided to hop in on a uh, film class this semester. Oh, at, that's uh, right. You at UD? Are you with, back? Uh, and then and, and who 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 is it? Who's the it professor? Was, well, of course, it's with uh, Professor Thomas Leach, who we've had on the show before. Oh. Friend of the show, uh, Professor Thomas the, Leach. Friend of the show, indeed. Yeah, yeah. We had him on the show. We talked about uh, a couple of things. We talked about movies in general, the kind of state of movies at one point. And then we talked. To, we did a big episode on uh, Hitchcock movies because uh, he, he's a big Hitchcock expert. So that was a, that was a really good time. But uh, definitely, pretty much my favorite professor that I had in college. And you know, while I'm here, I figured you know I might as well take the opportunity to sit in on one of those classes again because uh, you know it's not not an opportunity I'll have all the time. So it's 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 about time. Is a class how is on, it? What, uh, is, what is this class? And yeah, yeah, how yeah. is it? It's a class on uh, femme fatales. Is the the sort of like overarching like topic of the class. So it's a lot of film noir. Whether um, that's you know classic film noir from like the 40s or like neo noir, like more like 60s, 80s in that realm. Um, so so a lot of those kinds of movies. It's also very heavily based on movies that were adapted from like other media, most most like novels and short stories and stuff. So all of those are also part of the uh, the syllabus. So that's pretty cool. Maybe we'll get uh, Professor Leach on the show again pretty soon. Actually, on the syllabus is a Hitchcock movie, um, the the Great Strangers on a Train. So I was thinking mm. maybe, maybe that would be a fun one to talk about on the show. Because I actually just watched that recently on my own, just because I wanted to watch it. Um, 
So yeah, I think yeah, yeah I, I saw it. I saw it a few years ago with my my roommate. Awesome, awesome yeah, movie. That, that movie rules, man. That movie is so good. Oh man, yeah. Maybe we should we should talk about that one because <laughs> that that's a movie that I uh, I think is a little underrated. But Connor, I know that you saw some stuff this weekend, as you said. So not just this weekend, but actually for for quite a while. You've been sitting on stuff for a while. I feel like, and uh, no, I, I, know you... I I watch stuff. I'm the only one that keeps that you know that knows they have some responsibility. Yeah. To to the show you know well 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 in in fairness the 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 main movie i'm going to talk about today is a new release it's just a direct to hbo max uh new release from a major filmmaker nevertheless but the movies that you saw i know that a lot of them you actually did see in theaters so yeah i gotta give you some credit for that i haven't been to a theater in like a month Mm. yeah well part of it you know you have the amc like uh membership thing so you go to as many as you can when yes uh, when you have that Naturally, because I'm not because I'm certainly not going to get movie pass when they're tracking every aspect of my my life. You're probably gonna have to. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're gonna bring that up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, the saga of movie pass continues in like a, re- a really comical way. The again, if you don't remember, movie pass was a movie subscription service that you could pay for that was like ridiculously cheap and for like one year in like 2018 or whatever. We were basically going to the movies for nothing. And then, of course, naturally, the company went under because it was a ridiculous plan that was never going to work. But recently, there's been a couple of teases of MoviePass possibly coming back. One of them we talked about on the show ended up just being like a hoax. Like a guy just yep. did it as a joke for his friend. Um, but this one is actually real, but is almost more funny because it involves the original CEO of MoviePass, who was actually like kind of ousted when like MoviePass became popular by like. I don't remember what company he worked for. It was some like big tech company. Um, the, the guy that that came in after him and re- lowered the price to like ten dollars. Um, so once that fell under this this original uh, founder comes back and he's like, all right, I'm bringing back Movie Pass. We're gonna go back to our roots. You know, well, no, it was the, it was the former Netflix guy. It wasn't what, what was his name? Mitch Lowe. Right? Mitch Lowe. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the Mitch Lowe is the one who took over Movie Pass and changed the price to like super low. But the original CEO ended up getting like kind of ousted from the company when that happened. And yeah. just now he came back and is trying to like, you know, bring back the movie pass brand, which is uh <laughs> the the thought of that is already kind of like too hilarious. But he he like scheduled this this press conference where he was gonna explain like what the new movie pass was gonna be like. And like the guy comes out on stage wearing like the Steve Jobs outfit <laughs> with like the black turtleneck and everything. It's like, oh no! Well, Reminded me of that scene. Remember Silicon Valley where the one character did that, like showing yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's oh like no, a total this, joke. This is gonna be a disaster. And then he 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 makes some comment that like, yeah, people are gonna be able to pay for movies by watching ads on their phone, and like the camera on your phone will track your eyes to make sure that you're actually watching the ad. You know, it'll be like a, a direct you know conversation between you and the brand and like my my brain just is like who are you are you are you human what is going on here um so movie pass is still dead as far as i'm concerned we'll never be back <laughs> we'll, ne- we'll never get that year back where we all went to the movies for nothing um at the expense of venture capitalists um so it's as much as i wish we could get it back we never will all right okay cool so i had a i had a kenneth Branagh weekend basically Ooh, wow week, that's week that's i guess it was that, thursday and Friday, back to back sounds incredible everybody always wants to have a kenneth Branagh weekend <laughs> it, i mean i don't know so this guy kenneth Branagh is a pretty interesting guy i mean he's a you know he's a big actor obviously i mean people i, mean, I think people are mostly familiar with kenneth Branagh, right but what would you yeah. say people know kenneth Branagh for, for well probably most? 
probably is acting like he, uh, he's like a theater guy right like that's his main thing right like has he directed theater i don't even know for sure he has he's, he's not yeah, he's directed... really like a, a filmmaker i feel like i feel like he's a, a theater guy who kind of sometimes makes movies that's that's the impression that i've gotten He's done a bunch, though. I mean, he's he's been in a bunch of things, like, here and there. The pop, pop, the really good things that I like, and then he does some some other things, too. Like, he showed up in... He was in Dunkirk. He was one of the, like, commanders. I mean, I did, like... Oh, yeah. The roles in Dunkirk. Oh, that's he funny, because he was that. also in Tenet. He was the uh, the bad guy in Tenet. <laughs> he was, exactly. Yeah, yeah Tenet. Uh, what else were some things that, uh, that he's been in? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know, because I'm, I'm about to get to that. But uh, yeah, so he's got t- he's he's got two movies in in theaters right now. So he's got uh, he's got Belfast, which is the you know nominated for an Oscar, which we kind of snickered at yeah uh, a little bit last week that it seemed kind of like Oscar Beatty. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll go I'll go into that one, and then the other one I saw was Death on the Nile. So it's a uh, you know another Agatha Christie thing. Yes. And yeah, and he he also, I mean, he directed Murder on the Orient Express, the new one that came out. And right. this one yeah. is uh, you know, another one of those. I mean, just real quick on his direct his directing career. So he's done he, he's done a few things that have been pretty popular. He, he did you ever see the movie Much Ado About Nothing? Uh, no. Very popular movie. Came out in the early 90s. It's actually very good. It's like one of the first big movies that he that he's done. Uh, really, a lot of big actors in that. I see. Is uh, that, like, is that yeah. a Shakespeare adaptation? Yeah, but I mean, I guess it takes place in like the modern time thing. Or no, yeah. maybe it's not. Maybe, yeah, or maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that, that's that's a Shakespeare it, adaptation. That, yeah, that's what that it's, is. But yeah, that, that had Keanu Reeves and Denzel and Emma Thompson. You know, they had a big, big star studded cast. And yeah. him, he also acted in it too. So he does a movie like that. He does like all this theater stuff. You know, he, he does these, uh, you know, Murder on the Order Express kind of, uh, I guess it's not a remake, just his own version, his ad- adaptation of that, mm-hmm, Death on the mm-hmm, Nile, mm-hmm. Belfast. And then mm-hmm, he's had this, the, he had this stretch of just like, kind of junk. Junk, he did, yeah. He did Thor? Like, <laughs> and, yeah. And then he did, uh, there's actually a callback to Thor in uh, Belfast. There's a point where the, the little kid is reading a Thor comic book, which now is like... Oh, that's that's kind of cute. Oh, okay. I, I get it. And then he also did Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Oh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Who, wow, I'm trying to remember Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. I don't know, so which one should I start with? Should I start with Belfast, just because it's... Uh, yeah, let's go, let's go with did. Belfast first, because I was nominated for the, the Oscar, so I want to know a little bit about that one. So... Belfast is, I guess it's kind of based on his, his life. So he, I mean, Kenneth Branagh is, is from Northern, Northern Ireland, Belfast. He's from Belfast. Mm-hmm. And it take this, it takes place in the, the late 1960s. It's, uh, it's about a young boy and his, his, uh, his family who, uh, are living in Belfast at this time in the late 1960s, where mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if anybody is familiar with, uh, with what hap- was going on at that point in Belfast, it was uh, something called the Troubles in Ireland, which was basically okay. open kind of like it wasn't. I don't know if it would quite be like categorized as a civil war, but it almost got to that point between Protestants and Catholics okay. in in uh, in Northern Ireland, and it got so bad in in the town that uh, that a lot of people just were were leaving and like, never 
never went back. And this that's kind of like about what happened in his life. So he right, this took yeah. I guess this movie takes place in like the uh the late sixties mm-hmm. and he he was born in nineteen sixty. So the, most of the movie follows this uh this little kid and his family and he's a very charming kid. He's extremely extremely great. It's uh, Jude Hill is his name. He's okay, uh okay. plays a kid named Buddy. Uh but uh it's got a it's got a it's got a really like kind of great cast. It's uh it it, it does feel kind of Oscar baity and it's a little it it's uh it's got lots of that that music from from the 60s that are in that it's kind of I can't even remember who sure. who the it was that one artist that that uh, they play all the time like late 60s songs that were played that was kind of kind of on the nose a little bit for me but you know what i thought it was i thought it was pretty okay it wasn't uh it wasn't too bad judy dench is in it she's she's great mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that that one guy Ciaran hines i can never know how to remember how to say his name but he's a good character actor pretty oh, much yeah. have yeah, loved like him guy. in everything he's in yeah, yeah. and he he's tremendous yeah he's tremendous in this too mm-hmm. uh he plays like the grandpa judy dench is the grandma Mm-hmm. and uh you know the the, it, the movie does so is so good because the kid is just so like charming and sure, uh, and really sure. and really great so, so is this uh, a uh is this is this a a would you say a worthy oscar nominee no but no. i i did i still uh <laughs> i still liked it well enough okay but okay. uh fair enough fair enough but uh you know it's uh it's not, it's not bad i think people will, will enjoy it especially if you you know, we're we're both Irish, Joey, and we have a lot of Irish family members. You kind of can that is true. Yeah, you can kind of sense like there comes some kind of kinship there, and like it, sure, it sure, makes sure. you feel a little bit of uh, I don't know, you reminisce about your past and stuff about like that with the uh, family member, or grandparents, and stuff. So that, that's sure, the sure, kind sure. of uh, kind of thing. And our grandmother's actually from Northern Ireland. How about that? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, she she immigrated there when she was eighteen, but she did it way before the Troubles. That's true. That, that is also true. Uh, right. Yeah, so that's well, Belfast. Well, I don't know. Well, did yeah. I, go with, did, I, go did, did I sell you up? Did I sell you on Belfast? Or are you just like, no? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like if I'm bored one night and it happens to mm-hmm. be on HBO Max <laughs> or something. I'll, okay, so the, all right, I'll get to the <laughs> other one. The, the other one is the, I guess, sequel to Murder on the Orient Express, sort yes. of? Yes. Uh, with a whole new cast, except it's the, uh, you know, the same detective character played by Kenneth Branagh. So he all, he's a he directed this and he's also the star. The you know it it's about uh, a, a really rich rich uh, couple who just just are married who are on vacation and then they have this detective. What is his name? Hercule Poirot. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, he's got a who, huge mustache. Like yes, he, he's the mustache is probably doing most of the acting. I would. Well, think. they do. Yes, certainly. And but they, I'll tell you, the movie does open up with about what felt like a 30 minute uh you know how he got the mustache intro really felt like that kind sounds of. hilarious yeah it was i don't know it was way too long it, <laughs> this movie felt so long for the the like two hours and seven minutes that i mean and not in a good way either uh the yeah, i mean it's about a like so yeah a rich rich couple who's like on on the the nile uh, has like a rented a boat and like is uh on there and then someone gets murdered on uh on the the boat and then he's got to figure out who did it of all the like guests that are also on the boat mm. with uh, mm. with them 
classic setup. You know, you got a uh, enclosed location. It could only be a certain number of people. You know, so you mm-hmm. got, uh, there's a lot of uh, evidence getting and uh, interviewing the, the the potential criminals. You know, and yep. all of them saying I couldn't have done it. I mean, you know, all it's it's great stuff. You know, you, you've all seen it. You've all played Clue. You, you know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, this is a, I I do like these kind of kind of like movies. I think the best one recently was Knives Out. Uh, yeah, but I mean, these yeah. are these are good. These are good stories, though. You know, the uh, oh yeah, the classic the stories. Yeah, the whodunits yeah. are amazing. But this the most shocking part of this movie is the the fact that Army Hammer is still in it and and one of the leads. <laughs> yeah, the, my my impression is it has kind of a cursed cast in uh, in some mm-hmm. ways. But Army Hammer being probably the most like egregious one as when he was outed as a cannibal creep. Um, I don't know how many people are aware of that. Or it's it's uh, Google Army Hammer Cannibal. Um, and we'll, uh... it'll probably be the first thing that comes up. You just type Army Hammer and it'll come up. So he, he's yeah. he's a little bit. Uh, he's he's probably not going to be in many movies anymore. No, but he. Uh, this was filmed long before the uh, the scandal, the uh, the controversy. So that's that's why he's he's in it. You you, you right. can't Christopher Plummer him out of this movie. Well, I was going to say like there's yeah. you know, how do how do you Christopher Plummer? I mean without redoing the movie, especially COVID yeah. and everything. I mean, but it, an interesting cast. Russell Brand is also in it, playing like a a doctor character. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. interesting. I haven't seen him in a movie in a while. And then probably I don't know. I I don't know how you feel about this this actress, but Gal Gadot was uh was was in this she was she was like one of the leads also yeah a lot of people were joking on twitter about like the trailer for this movie when she says something about like enough champagne to fill the nile and it's oh um, yeah she yeah. says she says a really weird um, yeah. enough champagne to fill the nile and then like throws yeah. it over the uh, throws it over the, the, you know, the yeah. side or yeah. whatever I, I don't know like I, i'm not a I don't have really any opinion on gal Gadot, to be honest with you this this movie was okay it was like completely okay the one thing I I did see it in like IMAX laser. Okay. That was the thing that really attracted me to it and it looked amazing. It looked it looked really okay. good. That could have okay. just been the okay. IMAX screen and everything like that. I think I would not recommend this in any other type of theater other than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The visuals are the main main thing. Okay. Sure. All right. Kenneth Branagh, cool guy. I I kind of like I kind of like him, you know, but uh yeah, the movie's the movie's fine cool i love fine movies you know it's 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 okay for a movie to be just you know not bad you know, you, you watch it decent enough time move on with your life you know that that's that's a good movie right there thumbs up no problem i, I got uncomfortable every time army hammer was near like people though I was like, <laughs> oh my god what is he gonna do <laughs> <laughs> all right let's, let's close this episode i love with something that i watched um i, I mentioned that there's I watched a new release from a major filmmaker that just dropped on HBO Max, like probably like it might even been like a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago. Um, called Kimmy. It is directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, I was really surprised that when I went on HBO Max, I had to search for it to find it. Um, it, it was not being advertised at all on on the homepage, which was a little strange to me because I figured you know this is a Steven Soderbergh movie. He released another movie that we talked about. Um, God, what was that movie called? No Sudden Move uh, with uh, Don Cheadle and, uh, and Friends. Benicio pretty Toro. good movie. It was a pretty solid movie that, that came out over the pandemic. Um, so this is, funnily enough, I think this is Steven Soderbergh's second H- direct-to-HBO Max pandemic movie. 
Um, and yeah, th- this is a COVID movie, which uh, it uh, this probably like makes you think a couple of different things. Ba- basically, anything you would think when you hear the, f- the phrase COVID movie is kind of what this is. Like, it's a movie that references COVID. It looks like a movie that was shot during COVID because there's it's very much like very few locations, not a lot of actors in it. Um, it it's most of it is shot in one location. Other it does open up at one point, um, and it's inspired by themes that I feel are COVID related, like isolation. The main character played by Zoe Kravitz, she's like agoraphobic, um, so like she doesn't want to leave her her apartment. And it's kind of like implied that the pandemic kind of accelerated this uh, this phobia that she has because, you know, for however long it was, she was always just staying in her apartment and then she didn't want to go out because, you know, fear of people, fear of public spaces, whatever. Um, so it, it feels like a movie that is very much in every way in its bones about COVID. And yet, as exhausting as that sounds, it's still good. It's still just like a good movie. Wow with a uh, a story that's like like generally pretty solid and at the end of the day kind of fun. Um, wow, I'm shocked because I you were not selling me. That sounds awful, right? Like it, it sounds absolutely like excruciating. And I'm sure that there have been other COVID movies that are excruciating in every way that you would imagine a COVID movie to be. But no, this this one's like it's it's a little bit of like a, a, a lot of different movies, a little bit of rear window in there. So there's a little bit of like uh, so it's it's kind of like a conspiracy type, a little bit of the conversation, you know, you, you know the mm-hmm. conversation that's the Francis Ford Coppola movie. It's about a, a guy that like overhears a crime, um, and has to like kind of he overhears it on like a recording, and then he has to figure out like how to find the people from the recording and like you know prevent the uh the the plan of like evil happening or whatever. A very similar thing happens here. She works for a tech company that basically manufactures like Amazon Alexa type products. And the, the big selling point for this company is that this product has human people listening to commands that are sent to it so that they can refine the commands to make sure that it's as accurate as possible. So if you say something to it and it misinterprets what you're, what you're saying, the, uh, the person that works for this company that gets that message later on can listen to it, identify where the misinterpretation came from, write some code to fix it, send it on its way, and then, okay, the thing learns, and now it won't make that mistake again, right? So she works for, for the, the company doing that, basically. And if that sounds like a ridiculous privacy um, issue mm-hmm. that nobody would ever buy into, the, like, the funny thing is that I, I feel like that's part of the point of the movie is that there's so much of our lives these days that we do kind of already have signed over to tech companies without thinking about it, and we're just kind of like blissfully ignorant of it, even though we know that it's happening. Um, so th- this movie has a little bit of that in there. Um, so sh- she overhears like a, a you know, crime that happens on one of these Kimmy units. So then she tries to figure out what's going on with that. Um, it ends up, you know, being like a whole massive conspiracy involving the tech company and like all this stuff. So it's, there's some, some paranoia in there. There's a lot of things going on in this movie. And wow. at the end of the day, it ends in a very, uh, like kind of dumb, but very satisfying way in, you know, for your lizard brain. So uh, it's it's a good one. It's it's worth it's worth this seeing. A, yeah, I, I was yeah, I was see, pretty surprised by it, and I think so that uh, description sounded pretty good. Like it, yes, it's uh, yeah, that was much better than the COVID prelude. Yeah, I, I wanted to to point that out because it, it, everything about this sounds like it should be terrible, but it it isn't. And I think that's you know, Soderbergh is a good filmmaker. There's a lot of like really really good touches of filmmaking in this movie that like 
You know, it, it made me smile. Like the, the 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 one of the first scenes in the movie, she looks across like the uh, the street at another person in like a an apartment across the street who apparently she became friendly with over the pandemic just from you know basically looking across uh, across the street. But she she texts him that she wants to meet him outside to get like a, a thing from like a food truck right outside. And this is before you know that she's agoraphobic, although the, all the advertising in the movie says she is. So um, th- basically what happens in this this scene is that she takes an eternity to get all of her things and like put on a coat and get her keys and like to, to actually get out of the house. And when I was watching, I was like, what, why is this scene taking so long? Because in any other movie, like after a, a character sends a text like that, it's like, I'll meet you outside in 12 minutes. What that means is, you know, that, that's going to happen in the space of a cut and then they'll be outside, right? So when you ha- you're watching a movie and then suddenly she's taking like forever to get all of her things to leave the house, <laughs> it makes you think like, what's going on here? Why is this being dragged out so long? And you realize, oh, it's because she doesn't want to leave the house because she's agoraphobic. This is like a good way to introduce that element of the character, a very cinematic way by uh, extending the time a little bit in a, in a weird way. Um, and there's, mm-hmm. there's other good touches with that. There's like some good setups that like even just like innocuous things, but things that like work in the movie's favor. Like at one point she puts like a, a drink a little bit too far on the edge of her, uh, her counter. And you just see it. Like it's, it's very obviously shown in the shot, but then it doesn't fall until way later during a, uh, a, a key moment that just kind of like amplifies the tension of that moment. It's it, so it's really like, like clever little stuff like that is throughout the entire movie. It's, it's a, it's a good script. It's, it's a script written by David Kep. Who's, who's one of those like those Hollywood screenwriters who has he, he's been around for a while. Yeah, he, he actually like the main thing that I I know him from. I know though I know Spider Man right things. Yeah, yeah, he wrote the first Spider Man movie, which was of course like heavily edited um, after his initial draft. But he, he's one of those screenwriters that like when, when you watch his movies, I feel like I can just I, f- I feel like I'm watching a screenplay, <laughs> which <laughs> it could be a bad thing, and sometimes it is. But like. You you can like see exactly like the lines on the page and like okay here you're setting up this thing I see what you're doing David I, I see I I I, I see you but uh, it's 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 still just a, it's a good script good story good performance um it's sometimes a little bit of an irritating performance but maybe in a good way like uh, <laughs> I could never decide <laughs> she has this like yeah she has some some of these like ticks just based on her character and one of them is that she's always using hand sanitizer um. And whenever she uses the hand sanitizer, she'll like, you know, she'll rub her hands and then just like do this very distinct motion back and forth with her hands to like dry them off. And like she does it like a million times and I can't decide if, it, if I find it really annoying or endearing. Um, so your mileage may vary. It's up to, up to you. you. You you decide. But I, I think you'll have a good time with this movie. It's, it's worth checking out and it's very easy to find. So yeah, it's called Kimmy. K-I-M-I. Search it on HBO Max because HBO Max is not going to advertise it to you for some reason. What's up with that? Yeah, I know it's it's well that's that's we we talked about this. It's the the content dumpster, man. Like these movies get yeah. made, they get thrown on the content dumpster, and then nobody ever hears about them. It's yeah, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs. Kind of a shame, especially a movie like this. It's like predicting the future, like Movie Pass. Like you know, it's just yeah. It kind of kind of crosses over, right? Movie Pass is gonna watch people's eyeballs, and then this thing is listening to people's <laughs> conversations, and it's gonna adjust. And, <laughs> so, you know, so that, I, I, I like what you're doing here, Connor, but I will say that I don't think our biggest fear in the, the world of tech overreach is gonna be coming from MoviePass, a service that <laughs> will undoubtedly be going under um, before this, this new version even gets started. Uh, we have probably more to fear from companies like Google or Amazon 
I don't think Movie Pass is in the uh, the echelon there. But, speaking uh, of I, speaking of Amazon, how horrible that Lord of the Rings show look! Oh my ooh. gosh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, again, your mileage may vary. I I, I watched <laughs> that Super Bowl commercial and I was like, man, this looks cheap. For <laughs> ironically, because it's it's the most expensive TV show ever made. So why why does it look so cheap? I don't know. Uh, where where all that money go? It certainly didn't go to the actors because they never no one's ever heard of any of them. Um, so yeah, it's a very expensive potential disaster. Well, we'll see, we'll see. But that's uh, that's for another time. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Love Song Movies. We will see you next week uh, for for something. I don't know. Hopefully, some more of these Oscar movies come out and we can uh, continue our coverage. But until that point, oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see more. We'll see more. Have a great morning.